0: Hello, and thank you for downloading this episode of the Morted Muse podcast. In the last episode, which was just a basic introduction, I asked you if you could bring a, a glass of whiskey with you for this one. And it didn't really matter which whiskey it was. You may have had it before, you may not. Um, because what I want us to do in this episode is have a dram of whiskey together and the reason for this is I suppose it's to do with getting that base level see what I would like to do is to show you how I taste a whiskey now the way I taste a whiskey it's not a unique way of doing it in fact it's a way of doing it where I've borrowed a bit of this and a bit of that from from other people that I respect and how they've tasted whiskey And over the years I've found that this is the way that I find helps me get the most from my dram and that's what I want to do. I want to help you get the most from your dram. Um, So thank you to all those people that have shown me little tricks and the ways of doing this so that I've been able to enjoy this wonderful thing called whiskey all the more. So pour yourself a glass and if you haven't poured yourself a glass of whiskey press the pause button and go and do yourself a glass of whiskey and um, if you need any help in choosing a whiskey or selecting glassware then there's advice on how to do that on my website themortedmuse.com. so just press pause go and do that and then when you're ready get yourself nice and comfortable with a, a pad uh, writing pad and pen, a suitable glass, I'm gonna. I'm using a Glencairn tasting glass, and when you're ready, press play again, and we'll start. So, okay, I'm sat here with my glass of whiskey, and I've already poured it out, and the first thing I'm doing is I'm looking at it, and I'm looking especially at the colour of it, the clarity of it, and the whisky that I've got, I'm holding it against a clean white surface, and I'm seeing this lovely, honeyed, almost amber-like, clear liquid. And when I swirl it gently in my glass, and then stop and look at the, look at the glass where the whisky's been against, I'm seeing tears that are forming as a rim, then running down, rather thin. Little rivulets running down the side of the glass, which I call the, or are commonly called the legs. Now, the legs can tell you a little bit about the body of the whiskey, um, how much flavour it's going to have, possibly even how strong it is. Now, these legs are moving down, actually, they're moving down quite slowly. Some of that might be to do with the fact it's very cold, but the legs are thin and they're quite close together. And what I'd really like are legs that are fatter, wider, further apart. Um, But I've looked at this whiskey now, and I've seen what I want to see from it. And I'm presuming you've done the same, and that you've wrote a little bit down about that. And now I'm going to move on to the next point. And the next point is the smelling of it. Oh, before I do move on to smelling of it, the other thing that you might want to do, it's a little bit, I think, a bit of a gimmick, really, but it can be a bit of fun, is to cover the glass, give it a shake, and see if you get any bubbles forming. Now, I'm not going to bother doing this with this whiskey because I know what will happen. And what will happen if I did this with this whiskey is absolutely nothing. But if you've got a high-strength whiskey, a cask-strength whiskey there's a very good chance that give it a bit of a sh- strong shake and you'll find little air bubbles forming, almost like a ring of pearls, um, maybe just two or three bubbles, but that is an indication of a high alcohol volume whiskey. This one I have here, I know how strong this is, this is 40% ABV, it won't give me those bubbles okay so let's move on to the next stage of this and that is smelling it now richard patterson will most likely get a little bit disappointed at what i'm going to suggest and i will explain why what i'm going to suggest is nosing it smelling it from a distance first don't put your nose straight in and sniff hard because the drawback with doing that are two things one if it's a cast-strength whisky and you just put your nose straight in, the power of that will just anaesthetise your nose. It will just knock the nose out, and then your senses won't be as strong. The other thing is, is personally, I like to be teased by the whisky a little bit. I like to pick up some of those lighter aromas that I can smell from a distance. Some whiskies you don't get them at all. And it's no disregard to anybody who says, no, you shouldn't smell it from a distance. It's just my personal preference. And from a distance with this whiskey, I can pick up some sense of honey from it. And now I've got that honey, I move in slowly, using both my nostrils, slowly until my nose is in the glass. And then that honey is built upon with a hint of caramel and maybe a little bit of toffee there, a little bit of toffee. And just a very slight sharp edge to that as well, taking that sweetness down, just a just a small peg. Now, I'd invite you to do the same with your whisky, and the chances are you're going to pick up scents that I haven't picked up. You're going to pick up smells, maybe even little textures in the smell that I haven't got here because you don't know what whiskey I've got, I don't know what whiskey you've got. And one of the reasons I want to do this first tasting with not knowing what our whiskies are, was so that you don't do the thing that I've had somebody do with me before, which is, <clears throat> I'll say that I've picked something up, um, like the honey for example, they don't pick up the honey They think they've got it wrong, and in fact they haven't got it wrong. Because what this is to do with, it's to do with enjoying the whiskey, and it's to do with trusting your own senses. What I get from a whiskey will be different from what you get, and what you get from a whiskey is just as valuable as what I get. Trust your senses, believe in your senses. If you smell or taste something, you are smelling it or tasting it. Now, I could smell whiskey all day long, I love it, but let's be honest, what we want to do now is taste it. So, how are we going to taste it? Well, I'm going to taste this whiskey neat, I'm going to taste it just a small amount, I'm going to make a little cup in my tongue, pour some of this whiskey into that cup, close my mouth, raise that cup, and then gently, very gently, keep that whiskey moving around in my mouth so the whole of my palate can take on the wonderful flavour that I'm sure I'm going to get from it. And the other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to make a little mental note and then very quickly a written note of how it feels in my mouth, what sort of texture it is, whether it tingles, whether it's smooth. And then when I've held it in my mouth for some time, some people say you should hold a whisky in your mouth. For one second for every year that that whiskey is old, I personally think hold that whiskey in your mouth for as long as you want, and you will find more flavors and different flavors coming out the longer that you're holding it and then, when you swallow it, make a note of how that feels as you swallow it, and afterwards, because one of the wonderful things about whiskey is you will get more flavors coming out, even after you swallowed it. So, here we go. Lovely. Yes, that's lovely. Now, one thing I won't do is that I'm not going to do the thing that people do with wine where they put a little bit of whiskey in there put a little bit of wine in their mouth and then suck air over it works for wine it's not a good idea with whiskey so what have I got from this now I've got this lovely balance between what I smelled and what I tasted because on the palate there was honey there was sweetness there was that lovely gentle toffiness very smooth smooth to the point of being being creamy almost but still with a little edge and that's the alcohol that you get always gives that little bit of an edge and to be honest i like that edge Um, i have had whiskey before that has been very mature i remember having one i think it was a 1963 i won't say which malt it was 1963 and it was beautifully mellow but so mellow that edged had gone, which was a shame. I do like a bit of an edge to it. And the nose and the palate on this, the taste and the smell, beautifully in line with each other. And I had a slight tingle in the mouth, as I, as I've, what we call the mouthful as it first went in. And slight, what I'd, I'd like to call chewiness. After I'd swallowed it, I could still feel it in my mouth. And the aftertaste, how long did the flavour lasts after I swallowed it, it's not gone on a great deal, but still enjoyable. I'll go for a second taste. Now, on the second taste, it's even smoother. It's even smoother, even creamier. There's a slight hint of maybe a dark chocolate in there as well bitter chocolate only very slightly i'm almost picking up a slight almondy flavor to it now quite often it's the second taste which is the one that you get the most out of now before i forget the other thing well, i meant to say this talking about when you're smelling it a little trick that i like to do sometimes if If you can't smell the whiskey, if it's not opening up to you, is to put a little bit into your palm, just a little bit, rub your hands together, and then put it over your nose and smell. And that opens it up. The warmth of your hand opens it up. Now, it's not a very accurate way of doing it, because you do pick up certain smells that are on your hand as well. Um, So it's not necessarily the most accurate way of smelling a whiskey. But it's fun, it's enjoyable. And trust me, if you get a lovely Isle whiskey or a Highland whiskey and you do that to it, gorgeous smell. It's such an experience. And it's not a waste because you're using only a very small amount and you're enjoying it. And that's what it's to do with, isn't it? It's to do with enjoying the whiskey. It's possible to enjoy whiskey without having to just drink it. Sometimes just looking at it, smelling it, can be a pleasure in itself. Um, Now, I want to do something now that I don't normally do, but I do recommend it to people. Sorry, Jim Murray, I know you're against people doing this, but that is adding a little bit of water, only a little bit. Now, when you add water to whiskey, it reacts with the whiskey. I believe it actually causes heat in the whiskey that causes the whiskey to open up to you even more. Um, It's not something I tend to do because simple thing my own personal taste is for without the water it's just how my taste is Um, but it it does make a difference and a lot of people a lot of the master blenders recommend doing it Uh, I'm not in any position to argue with them so here we go a little drop of water that's just a little drop and then we start again, we look at it, and do you know something? Looking at it, it's different. It has changed. I've got little rivulets of, of water. Uh, I can see mixing themselves into the whiskey. You can see that reaction going on there. Let's have a let's have the nosing of it again. Oh yeah, there's more nose to it this time more nose you can actually smell it better with the water in. Oh, I'm saying the nose is different, but it comes to me a lot easier than it did before. Now I'm rushing through this a little bit but And to taste it Oh that's creamy. Now that is creamy the texture of the whiskey has changed. That little bit of water has rounded it, smoothed it over. It's taken some of that edge away, and it has also opened up the profile of the, of the flavour. The honeyness is still there, but it's given away just a little bit. It's given away too much. I'll tell you what's happened. The bitter chocolate flavour that was gently in the background has come forward but it's turned into a milk chocolate. It's softer. Now that is nice. I have to say that is nice. I still prefer it without the water but it is still nice. Okay, now I want to tell you what this whisky is. What is this wonderful single mort in front of me? Well, Actually, it isn't a wonderful single malt. In fact, it's not a single malt at all. I thought it'd be a good idea to choose a whiskey for this first tasting, which is one that's very easy to get hold of. And it's a whiskey when people, how can I say If People aren't so much, they haven't yet discovered single malts and you tell them that you like whiskey. They will often say to you, Oh, yeah, well, which do you prefer, Bells or Teachers? Certainly in the English pubs, anyway. And what this one is, this is Teachers Highland Cream, and it was creamy. Now, this isn't my favourite whiskey at all, but it's drinkable, and it's accessible, and that's what's important. Now, Teachers, I believe, if fact, I, I say more than I believe, I know that one of the main malts that's in Teachers is a single malt called Ardmore. And maybe later on, after I finish doing this podcast, I will uh, take myself off and have a little art more. See how it compares. And that's always a fun thing to do. When you're having a blend, try the blend. Find out what the main malt is that's in that blend. Have one of those. See if you can compare them. Experiment. Explore. Um, it's always fun. Um. The other thing I very quickly say about it being a blend is sometimes when people first know that you're interested in in whiskies, we'll buy you malt whiskies. I've had lots of people buy me a malt whisky and think that I won't even look at a blend. And that's wrong because I'm a a big believer in blends. I think blends um, certainly help turn around the Scotch whisky industry. I think something like 90-92% of whiskies that are consumed are blends and there are some very, very nice blends out there. Um, I can't remember who it was who first said this now, but the difference between a malt, a single malt and a blend is that the single malt is a fantastic solo singer or a fantastic soloist playing their instrument. And they can make that instrument or their voice sound so pure and wonderful and fantastic. The blend still produces absolutely fantastic music. But instead of being a soloist, it's an orchestra or it's a band. It's a blend of all different soloists coming together. Um, And I think that's a very good analogy. Well, I think that's the end of this podcast. Um, please visit me on, on the website, themaltedmuse.com, and please feel free to contact me either through that website, there's a, a contact page on there, or by email to jim at com. And I look forward to the next episode.